0: IUPUI's community is among the best. The people here that make up IUPY are just so talented and so hardworking, and the you know the care that that this community has for its students is is bar none.
1: Well, this is the Ag Bioscience Podcast with Agrinovus Indiana. Welcome and thanks for joining us. I'm Gary Dick, the host of Inside Indiana Business and the host of this podcast. And this week, uh, very excited to welcome Christine Picard. Christine uh, is an associate professor of biology at IUPUI and the director of forensic and investigative sciences as well. Christine, thanks for joining us on the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, First of all talk a little bit about your background Uh, as I mentioned you're at IUPUI today Uh, talk about your path to IUPUI in Indianapolis.
0: Yeah, it might be an unusual one. Um, you know, my path to get here to to my research was that I essentially took a fear of mine and converted it into my career. Um, so growing up, I was always afraid of insects, <laughs> um, and but fascinated by them because they are amazing little creatures. Um, and so I decided that I, if I learned more about them, then maybe I could lose some of that fear. Uh, which I have. It's been amazing for fear. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I, I, I essentially packaged all the things that I really love together to figure out what my career was. And it turned out it was insects, it was genetics, and it was uh, a little bit of forensics and some true crime um, yeah. things.
1: Very interesting. Uh, talk about where'd you grow up? And did you did you grow up on a farm and a more of an urban area?
0: Well, urban would be a stretch. I grew up in a small city in eastern Canada.
1: Wow. Okay. Very good. Um, you talk, You touched on your research, and I'm reading this from my research, but you really focus on... Um, the understanding and the correlations between a genotype and phenotypes, specifically related to insects. And that's very technical. And I think a lot of people listening are probably going, probably going, you know, what the heck does that mean? Talk about your research, kind of dumb it down a little bit, if you will, and, and talk about what it means because it's extremely important.
0: Yeah. So, so genotype, of course, refers to our DNA, right? So, the, the genetic um, you know, backbone upon which we're all built. And we're all built on the same four bases, right? So there's four four nucleotides that make up DNA and every organism, living organism on earth uses those bases. Phenotype refers to sort of the outwardly seen parts of somebody. So an example of that would be human height for example so human height varies between different individuals so the phenotype of being tall or being average or being short that's the phenotype there is a genetic underpinning that contributes to that um and so there are some specific areas in the genome that are contributing factors of course with height there's also some environmental factors with humans so it's a little bit more complex um but I take that same approach uh, with insects, right? I look at the differences in some of their outwardly characteristics and try to understand what the genetic component is that drives that characteristic.
1: Yeah. Why is what you do uh, important? I know know it is, but people are are thinking from a, a, you know, it's very technical, very scientific, but there are some real world applications, right?
0: Lots of real world applications to some of the work we do. So on on the forensic side, of course, it could be a matter of, you know, life, life imprisonment or death for individuals if we don't get our our analyses done correctly. Um. So that has a major impact. And so the research that I do tries to determine what the genetic component is to the life cycle of flies, so how quickly or how slowly they develop, sort of like how quickly, you know, children develop. Some children, you know, grow tall quickly and others don't. Um, and so I'm trying to understand that genetic variation so that our uh, forensic analyses can be more Precise. On the other side, my, my sort of other side of research, um, you know, we are looking at the same systems essentially what governs development in these insects, but applying it to um, a new sector, a new industrial sector, which is the in- insects as feed and food um, sector. And the idea behind that is to try to optimize. Um, the entire system so that the insects can grow faster and bigger and that way it becomes more efficient or if they can use their own feed more efficiently, it becomes more efficient. And uh, what we're doing is we're trying to bypass, you know, traditional breeding um, that you would be doing in livestock or crop science uh, to try to, to to get the optimal system.
1: Yeah. Well, it was recently announced that IUPUI, uh, as well as the IU School of Medicine, two other universities uh, as well, uh, would create a partnership, the Center for Environmental Sustainability through insect farming. Now, that is a a, a byproduct of a grant, uh, some funding from the National Science Foundation, two and a half million dollars. So a nice check uh, there. How did the collaboration come about and um, where will the research Uh, really be focused
0: so the collaboration like many things in academia the collaboration has been um long time coming um so i've known my collaborators from uh, texas a m and mississippi state for 10 years, if not more. Um, And, you know, we each have different research areas, but we quickly realized that if we come together in our different research areas, then we can form a fairly powerful sort of uh, research consortium. Um, And this National Science Foundation has the perfect place for us to fit in to be able to bridge the gap between academia and industry. And so the idea is for us to to listen to industry to see what the problems are that the problems today, and then to be able to react quickly to generate research and knowledge um, that can then be applied um, to continue the cycle.
1: Th- that's interesting because it, it's using research again uh, in a in a real world way a real world environment uh I, I guess uh there's a lot of talk about commercialization now and taking research commercializing making products and companies and those types of things this is solving i guess real world, world problems right that 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 business has uh today
0: right um and this is not it, it's different because we're not focused on commercialization mm-hmm. right? right we are focused on um like that gap that stands between academia and industry, And we uh, get to train the n- the next generation of scientists, the the next you know employees for these companies. and as this as this uh, sector grows, they're going to be looking for people that are trained to be able to do this work.
1: Yeah. W- when you look at trends um, from population to food waste, um, what trends have really brought the need for research like this to the forefront?
0: Oh gosh, there's a lot of them, and none of them are good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms population is growing, right? Our our the the world's population is expected to hit nine billion in in thirty years. Uh, the demand for food, and specifically for protein. Um, is continuing to grow and the supply will not be able to meet it. Um, And even though there may be some innovations that happen, um, some of these processes that we use to generate our food um, are are incredibly difficult on the environment um, and they're just not sustainable. And then on the flip side of that is that The waste that gets generated from some of these processes also contribute to uh, an unsustainable future. So this particular industry, this sector, this research that we're doing is going to circularize or close that loop to make it much more sustainable. So the use of insects as an alternative protein source, they use less water. Than traditional livestock, they use less land than traditional um, livestock and other protein um, sources, and they produce less greenhouse emissions. Um, and mm-hmm. so, those three things alone should say yes. We should be investing more in this sector and yeah. growing this sector. Um, and so, that's that's um, you know essentially where where we where we think is going to be the greatest impact.
1: Is there an element of this in in the the whole feeding the world uh, issue, uh, if you will? I can't remember what the number is now, but the amount of food that's going to be needed needed to be generated, and doing so with less land, got to be more efficient using innovation and technology. Is there this kind of part of that whole process?
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's driving some of this process. The number of new companies coming into this sector, into this space, um, increases or is increasing rather quickly because there's a recognized need for it. Um, and soon will be, I, I imagine, a, a, a serious demand for it. Mm-hmm.
1: Ta- you touched on this a minute ago, but industry engagement. Um, I've got to assume that 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 business and industry is 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 very interested in your research. Thus, they're very engaged in the process.
0: Absolutely, and this center works on that principle: is this engagement between the two? You're not going to be able to bridge a gap between two very different sectors without having communication between the two of them. Um, and so, we meet twice a year with our industry members for for two day long meetings and then in between that at will any any industry member that wants to speak to somebody in academia or to a student that's an open process for us and that's the whole idea is that if you become a member of our center then you are fully engaged with as much as you want to be but with all aspects of that center helping drive research directions um, you know getting real-time research results Mm-hmm. and being able to implement them at your own company or industry.
1: Yeah. How about collaboration uh, across universities, the, the academic uh, partnerships and collaboration? Talk about that experience, uh, uh, especially since you've gotten the funding.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really rewarding experience to be able to work with individuals that essentially fill in the your own gaps, right? So not, you know, we as as researchers, as academics, we're pretty siloed in terms of what the type of work that we do. Um, but if you want to tackle major societal problems, um, you know, no one person's going to do that. You can't do that without collaboration. And so my collaborative partners across the other two institutions, I mean, we just balance each other out so that we can put the best product forward.
1: Yeah. How about advice? I, I think your path uh, to where you are today is an interesting one, taking something that you feared and really creating a career path out of that. As you uh, see uh, a run across young scientists emerging, uh, uh, enterprising young scientists, what's your advice uh, in terms of, uh, you know, how they should kind of, kind of maybe take a look at their career path?
0: you know i did take some some part of what i feared and turned it into a career but most of the the parts were things that i loved too and so that's my advice what is what is the one thing that really piques your interest and um there's very likely a career that you can build out of that so if you really think about what it is that you enjoy doing um, then you know, talk to as many people as you can. Certainly talk to, to folks that are um, in academia because we have made a living out of taking things we love and making our career out of it. Uh, but there's lots of other options. You don't have to become a, a university professor. Um, yeah, but you know, get, try and get that first step is if you love it. What's the saying? If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Like I'm living that.
1: Yeah, that's great. Christine Picard is an associate professor of biology, also director of forensic and investigative sciences at IUPUI. Christine, it's been a real treat uh, to chat with you on the podcast today. You're doing fascinating work, important work at a great university IUPUI. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: All right. And thank you for joining us uh, and tuning in to season four of the Ag Bioscience Podcast find more episodes on the latest in innovation, entrepreneurship, and talent in Indiana's ag bioscience space, just visit the news page at agrinotelisindiana.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Gary Dick. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick and produced by Kayla Chittister and Joe Ullery. More people get Indiana Business News from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.